Thank you, Jesus. Um, thank you for coming. I see a lot of faces I haven't, I haven't seen since I came today. Uh, some very old ones that I've <laughs> known for a very long time. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad to see all of you. I'm seeing Kunle here. Uh, thank you, my brother. Uh, so happy to see you again. Uh, it's lovely. Um, thank you. It's good to see you still radiant, praying in the spirit. Uh, means your spirit is still on fire for Woo! Jesus. Uh, celebrate that. <laughs> we, we, we thank God for that. I've seen Nosa. Uh, ah, my sister, I'm so sorry. Your name is there, what? Cynthia? Aha, Cynthia. Thank you so much for coming. Praise God. Um, thanks to everybody, Joy, and your brother. Thank you for being here again. My brother, I'm sorry. We have, I don't think we've met before. Uh, but you're you're welcome. Thank you so much for coming and for being. He's a man of God. I, I I could smell it. You know, man of God. There's a way they, there's a way they are. The way he just walked in. You know, I know. <laughs> if you from the way they even carry their Bible, it's not like ordinary boys. It's, there's a way. Uh, praise Jesus. You know that they have a relationship with the Bible. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for coming. God bless you. Um, um, please just welcome someone. Say, I love you. Um, I'm happy to see you again. <laughs> my, sister, my sister there, I'm sorry, I don't know your name, but uh, I'm happy to see you. I love the way you, I love the way you smile. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Sister Senami, um, thank you for being here again. And my sister, I'm, I'm not sure we've met, and my other sister behind Kunde, um, you're very welcome. Amen. Amen. Um, I hope I've welcomed everybody. Yes, uh, Kelvin, and um, that's my brother, and his lovely wife. <laughs> sister Idunu, God bless you. Um, my own, my own Steve-O is in his seat, him and his wife. <laughs> good, to, good to see you again, sir. And Brother Moni, my, my new best friend in Winnipeg. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy to see you. And you're here with your lovely wife today. Uh, my sister, I've been hearing so much about you, and I've been praying, will I meet this lovely sister before I leave? Uh, the Lord has brought you today. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. God bless you. Can we celebrate Pastor uh, Bukumi? Uh, 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 what about his lovely wife? <laughs> Statovia. Um, I love you. I love you so much, sir. I love you, sir. 
Thank you. They've been, they've been taking care of me since I came. You know, a local boy like me, they're just, you know, in their, just managing in their house. And, and they've been treating me like as if I'm an important person. But I'm really, really not. You know, I'm just, just his friend. The Lord bound us together. You know, we've done all kinds of things together. I can't begin to say them. Um, the places God has taken us together. But we thank the Lord for, uh, I celebrate the love which we share. And I thank God for it, and it's increasing more and more. I uh, thank God for that. I'm seeing my special brother, uh, brother Terry. <laughs> Terry Gifts. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a VIP, and he's that, that VIP seat. He located his right seat, and he's sitting in his, his right seat. <laughs> You're very welcome, sir. Thank you, and your wife, Sister Tracy. I'm so glad to see you. These are um, faces from old. They knew me when I was a little, you know, <laughs> praise Jesus. Hey, and it's good to have such people in your life. Uh, thank you so much, sir. Good to connect with you and see you again after these years. Uh, praise Jesus. Um, our Father, we, oh, we thank you. We bless your name. We bless your name. Father, words cannot describe. There are no thoughts of God to that can fully capture the importance, the import of what you are to us. Father, we just pray that somehow tonight you will just accept our gathering, Amen. Lord, and allow your spirit to flow Amen. in this place. Amen. Lord, we have worshipped you, we sang your songs the best we can. It's not perfect. It's not perfect, but we're asking, Lord, now let your mercy accept our us tonight. We've come here, every one of us, with a desire to be blessed by you. I ask that no expectation will be cut short. Amen. And Lord, I ask, even as your word says, that you are able to do far more exceedingly, abundantly than we can ever ask or think. I ask, may it be so unto every one of us today. Come and bring guidance in your word. Spirit of truth. Reveal of the thoughts of God. The one who brings things that are not from this world. That are out, out of this world. The one who transports materials and resources from where you are. From your very heart, even to the hearts of men. Holy Spirit. Revealer of truth, come and help us today. Help us to find pathways, pastures. Open the doors of revelation. Come and bring baptisms of hearts into deep waters of the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Help our hearts to see and to encounter. Bring, let this ground be a ground of encounter today where it will not just be the speaking of words, but Lord, the release and the transfer of life. Thank you, my Father. Make my tongue as a pen of your ready writer that has been fashioned and prepared by your Spirit for this moment to speak every word that you want to say. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, okay, without wasting time, let's, let's open our Bibles. Um, today is the last day for this meeting. Um, there are a lot of us who are joining us uh, for the first time today, um, but 
Um, some of the things which we will be sharing, by God's grace, there is some background we've, over the last two days, by the help of the Spirit of God, we've been building some background to this thought, but um, the Holy Spirit is dynamic, and I believe He can bless every single one of us um, where we are at this point. We've been fellowshipping around the thoughts of the life of God, you know, trying to sort of, with the eyes of the Spirit, through the Scripture, to uh, define God's life. You know, we've been anchoring our, our meditation and our conversation around John chapter 10, verse 10, where Jesus was saying that the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life, and you may what? Have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. And so we are seeing that that life is something is beyond just being born again, right? That's one of the main themes of our, we've been exploring that. It's actually talking about something that is substantive, that should be inside our souls. Given that man is a spirit that has a soul, that lives in a body. And we said that the soul is like a vessel, it's a container whose size is, or which can be stretched as God has defined it to the size of God so that it has a capacity that only God can feel. There's nothing you can give to the soul that will make the soul satisfied because of the way God made the soul, that until the soul of every man receives God, the soul will never be satisfied. And so the way that God will come to the soul is by the release of his life. And this is not something that you get when you go to heaven, neither are we talking about the new birth, which is the recreation of your spirit man, we're talking about actually the release of the life of God into the heart and the minds of Christians while you are walking on the earth. And so we, there are different things we've been realizing now that not all Christians are not the same. Some excel in life. Some have little, very little life and are struggling with life. And so one of the main reasons for the church and for the body of Christ is to create an opening, an avenue, a means through which God's life can be conveyed and be given to the people of God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And we journeyed in the scripture, the Lord took us through different routes, uh, but the, the, an important play junction we arrived at um, is the, trying to, to see, by, according to the New Testament, how does a person now receive, as a Christian, you are born again, but how can you increase? He said, I will that you may have life and have it more abundantly means you can increase in how you have the life of God. And so to see how does a Christian appreciate in God's life, how do you increase in the deposit and the measure of the life of God that you have in your soul? And we saw very clearly from the Bible that it comes by what we call the ministration of the Spirit. You know, from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where he was talking about the letter killeth, or the Spirit giveth what? give it life. And he was speaking about the ministry of the New Testament that he said, you are our epistles written in our hearts. He said, not written with ink, but by the word spirit of hope of the living God. And we see that that spirit is actually the bringer of life or the life of God that which the spirit brings to man is he brings it by laws. That really, if you want to check how, what is God's life inside a person, is how much of God's laws, right? Not do's and don'ts, 
not, say not the letter, because the letter killed, but there's something called the spirit. So it means the laws of God can reside in the soul as spirit. Not just Holy Ghost, now we're talking about materials that are spirit that can come into the heart of a man and stay there. And we saw that from the book of Romans chapter 8, from, from verse 1 where it said that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? The spirit. Why? Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us what? Free from the law of what? Sin and death. From what the law could not do, that's the law of Moses, in that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, that is to deal with sin, to answer the question of sin, which brings death. And for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh so that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the word, the flesh, but after the spirit. That's Romans chapter 8. Praise God. Then we now arrived at, we were pinpointed that the key to God's life, like when you say God is giving you maybe the, that thing called the law of the spirit of life. That word law means like almost like a code, right? Law means the code, the definition. It's like the software of the spirit of life. So what governs the spirit of life in Christ? And that, that law can reside inside your heart. And when someone has that law, the way the Bible puts it in the New Testament, is that such a person has righteousness. Are you seeing that? You know the Bible said it in 1 John, we define sin, it said sin is the transgression of the law. Right, it said that's what sin, sin just means anything that is not in alignment with the law of God, right? And so if that's the case, then righteousness is actually the, the law of God. The law, as the spiritual law of God, in the heart of a person is what you call what? Righteousness. So, the way sin brings death, right? Because we saw that from 1 Corinthians chapter um, 15, that, right, the sting of death is sin. The word sting of death means the weapon of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. You see that? And we now also see in the book of Romans that the strength of life is righteousness. From Romans chapter 5, right, he was saying that they which have received the word, abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Christ Jesus. Am I making some sense to you? Praise God. So, it's how, it's how can a soul arrive at righteousness, the righteousness of God, which is the, are the laws of God, and we are seeing that that righteousness is a righteousness that must be a righteousness that comes by the Spirit of God, not the assumptions of men, and not the dictates of man's religion and religious proclivities. And it's not something that righteousness is not something that comes from the external. Say, hey, do that. Ah, I should do that. Why should I do that? That's what we do. What do you mean? Yeah, as Christians, that's what we do. Oh, really? Yes, that's what, okay, I will do that. That's the mode of most of our Christianity. 
that a lot of our Christianity is void of personal revelation of righteousness. That, ah, when the Holy Spirit reveals to your heart why something is right according to God. And the Bible says that that thing, that thing, once that happens to your soul, you have just received something that is tantamount to God's life. Right? Because life, you say, what is life actually? Life is what, life is the, the life of a person is the, is the definition of their walk. Their walk. Or how do they, how do, is the, the life is the code of existence. Like how do you, how do you act in your existence? The code of that, the same way the book of Leviticus chapter 17 Verse 11 says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Speaking about maybe an animal that has blood, right? That every animal, if you want to check, what is the life of a goat? What makes a goat a goat? Somewhere you will find that if you take the blood of a goat, that that goat has DNA information in his system. <laughs> that is different from the kind of DNA characteristics you find in a sheep or a lion. Or a human being, each person, why do you behave differently from the other person as far as your body is concerned? A lot of that has to do with the code of life inside the blood. So what is DNA really? DNA just means laws. Right? It's, the law, it's hard for you to behave outside your DNA. Right? The DNA, as far as the flesh is concerned, your DNA is... The, so the DNA is sort of, you can call it the law of life. For the flesh. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. It's what controls expression of the flesh. So it is with the inward man. That what will determine the expression of your soul is what DNA is inside your soul. And that DNA, the DNA of the soul, which God designed for the soul, is that God actually wants his very laws to, be, to enter and be written in the heart, say so you are our epistles, written what in our heart, not on stone, right, but on what fleshy tables of the heart, according to Second Corinthians chapter three. Am I making some sense today? Yes, Amen. So, and then yesterday, finally, well, I'm still in recap mode <laughs> for those of us who maybe haven't followed us so thus far. Um, yesterday we now saw and began. The Lord began to amplify before us the importance of. Revealed righteousness. That there is righteousness that can come out of your own zeal. Romans chapter 10 describes that clearly. Paul was saying that my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God. It means they were not lacking in zeal. Time to serve God, they are all there. Time to do this, they are all there. Ah, this is the cost. That minute nothing. They will bring money. They will bring things. They can pay their tithe. They will do everything. Let's go and do evangelism. They show up. They are first people in line to do it. Say zeal. But Paul was then, this, Paul found an error. There's, still, there's an error. With all of you zealous people, you have an error. There's something still wrong with you guys. That, and it's, it, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. Zeal, but not according to knowledge. 
For they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish a righteousness that is of their own, their own selves. Praise God. So you're seeing then that there's something called revealed righteousness and it's by the revelation of the righteousness of God that the laws of God gets written in the hearts of men. Praise Jesus. Now Romans chapter 1 verse 16 I believe he was saying that Paul was saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe, first to the Jews and then to the Greek, right? For therein, that's in the gospel of Christ. The word gospel means the good news, the tidings, the revelation, actually. Gospel actually means the, the gospel is not just Bible. Gospel means news, Something new, right? Is a gospel is a package of new things. The gospel actually contains things that if you left a man, give a man a thousand or a million years on the earth, he will never stumble on that information. Do you understand what gospel means? Gospel is not man's ideas, man's idea. You can never research out gospel. All of man's research can never arrive at the information in the gospel. We can study nature and study everything we want to study. We'll still be ignorant of what is in the gospel. So the, the reason why the gospel exists is the package of new things. They are news, good news, that man can never have and never know. Except, say, how can they know except they be a preacher? According to, was it uh, um, Romans chapter, chapter 10? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So that good, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is actually the power of God unto salvation, right, to the Jews and to the Greek, right, for therein in the gospel is the, is the righteousness of God revealed. Say revealed. revealed. The righteousness of God. See, any righteousness you do that wasn't revealed, it doesn't count. That's one of the emphasis we are, we are, the Lord has been telling us. And we do many things. Hey, we are doers. We don't like, to be honest, we don't like in doing things. We don't like, in fact, the void that we, there's a void we feel. That we want to fill up with things. We just want to do things, keep doing things for God. But most of those things come out of our imagination. We assume, ah, this would be, if I do this one for God, eh? Ah, you know, there's some kind of vow you value. Just, when you vow it, you, it's a vow you've made, praise God. Because of that vow, your, your step will change when you are going to church. Wow. The way you normally walk humbly, that, that, walk, that vow is, I, is you need to bring an upgraded walk. Because you feel like this thing, by the time I lay this vow down, you look around the congregation, who can do this kind of thing? Here? <laughs> because you feel like you have brought what God cannot resist. You know, we do all kinds of things now. Sometimes... Sometimes when you pray a prayer point and the miracle is not coming, you feel like you need to upgrade your offering. Right? You just add something. You look at God, God, can you resist me? Do you know what I can bring to you? We don't say it like that, but it's a secret conversation in our heart. What will I offer to you? But we know from the beautiful story of the Old Testament that obedience is better than sacrifice to hacking than the fat of rams. That was the lesson of David and Saul. So 
When somebody is sacrificing, means you can, why would they differentiate obedience and sacrifice? Means you can sacrifice without being obedient. So when you are sacrificing without being obedient, it means you are bringing what God did not ask for. Wow. Right? And it's still sacrifice, but not negating that. That what you brought pained you. Ah, God, I do this thing for you. It touches you. Well, the fact that something touches you and is painful and is a sacrifice doesn't make it acceptable to God. Not every sacrifice is acceptable to God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. What God actually accepts is obedience. And can you obey God without God telling you something? No, sir. Let's say you've never heard God. Let's say you went a whole week, you didn't hear God, and you've been doing things. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, sir. Some of us, a whole month. Some of us, maybe the last time you heard God, I'm so sorry, maybe not you. You guys are all spiritual people here, so maybe some other people, not you guys. Uh-huh. Maybe you, didn't, you haven't heard God for a month, but check, you've been doing many things for God. Yes, sir. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, sir. You've been doing so much, but you've not been hearing God. That's not a good place to be. <laughs> It means that you've been sacrificing, but you've not been obeying. Wow. You can never separate sacrifice from the will of God. That's where men make mistakes. You see it in, in Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. What was it saying there? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your, your body what, as a living sacrifice, holy and what? acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable... It doesn't stop there. That's not the information. Because we already know that you can present your body like those who give their body to be born, according to 1 Corinthians 13, but have no charity. It meaneth nothing. But thank God for the next verse. It now began to reveal, right, that, what did he say in the next one? That um, I'm being not conformed toward this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you might prove that was that word prove means so that you can certify you can certify don't ignore the aspect of proving what is the good acceptable and perfect will of god do you see that it's something that every soul as a christian it's actually an attitude and a posture you are supposed to take on your Christian journey. What is, the, what is the posture? Constantly proving what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. means you're not making assumptions about what God wants. Do you understand? You don't live in assumption. Don't live in assumption. Live in revelation. Praise God. Don't live in zeal. Live in obedience. The way Paul put it, don't live in zeal, live in knowledge. These are two, you see two kinds of Christians. Zealous Christians, knowledgeable Christians. That you might prove what is that good, what? Acceptable, and then what? And perfect will of God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I say praise God. Hallelujah. Um, so um, today, the staring in my heart today um, is sort of, if God can just give utterance and help and grace for us to see through the scripture the dynamic way through which 
the Spirit of God brings that proof of what the will of God is to your heart. Or the dynamic operation of the Spirit to bring about the the revelation of righteousness. How, How can a person constantly live in synchronization with the will of God? Or live in a symphony with God's will. You know, that was, the, that was the beauty of David. If you want to check who David is, if you want to weigh David, if, if, David was not the most righteous, <laughs> righteous man. In fact, David was so twisted. When he was about to die, the way they, they went to check whether he's really dying, they had to throw a woman to him and say, Baba, take this one. <laughs> Can you, you've not read that part before. <laughs> But what kind, of, what kind of person was David that to test whether he's still alive, they have to check whether he can respond to a woman before? <laughs> You've not read it that way before. <laughs> Someone that went to took another man's wife, he didn't just take the man's wife off. That was not the end of it. He actually decided, it's better let me kill this man. Are you getting what I'm saying? So they, but the beauty of David in the Bible, it wasn't that it was the, the cleanest, the purest. Sometimes what keeps us from God is because when you, we think of church, Christianity, all these things, we just see a list of many codes we have to align to. But when you check, there isn't too much grace in the heart for that kind of service to God. And that keeps us away from God because we don't understand the way God thinks fundamentally. That God is not a God that, come on, that expects bravado from men. You know bravado means, ha, this guy has done what nobody can do. And then you surprise God. You know this kind of thinking? Do you know who God is? The one, you see, every strand of your brain, he made it. And he didn't even take him any effort. He was just talking. Things were happening. What kind of being is that? You understand? There's nothing you can ever do in your small mind to surprise God. Quit those things, man. When you say, this is a righteous man, it's not some guy, ah, he, he always fasts 40 days. You fast 40 days and he will eat for one day and then start another 40 days. Fast. Always fasting. When you go to his house, <laughs> when you go to his house, there is no rug, talking of TV. <laughs> Carpet is too comfortable. You can cause scene. So it's, it's concrete. And you always lie down face flat. Always pray to heaven. That's not... God, such things don't impress God. Are you trying to impress God? No, we are declared this year as a hundred day fast. No. No, God is not like that. These are the minds of men. We know the way we are. We think God is that way. God is not like that. God does not expect any man to produce anything that didn't come from him. Wow. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. God does not what? Expect any man to produce what? Anything that didn't come from him. So even when God says, ah, this, if God says this man is righteous, God will only say that if when he checks, and he says that the righteousness the man is doing is his own. Wow. Yes, sir. Uh-uh. They say, uh-huh, that's, that, I can count that man as righteous. Hey. 
<laughs> if he checks the righteous and it's not his own, he never talks, talk, told you about that thing. You're just doing something and then you bring it to him. Yeah. Say, Lord, 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 we have done so many mighty works in your name. I was speaking with that with my brother Omoni the other time. That men will come in that day and they were not lying. He was pointing out, they were not lying. He said, when they, you know, you're talking to God. You know, if he wasn't in his name, you would say he was in his name now because you know that he can see everything. So it means those guys did miracles, did almighty works in his name. They were not lying. It means they had anointing. They had anointing. They were children of God. They could do exploits in his name. And then they finished talking and then he said, hey, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That while you were working in my name, things were happening in my name, but as far as you are concerned, those are iniquity to me. Why? Because I never knew you. We never had conversation. You, ever, you, you did your assumptions in my name. Do you know that wow. you can do assumptions in his name? Yes, sir. Do you, do you know that the fact that you lay your hand on the sick and the sick recover doesn't mean that God is happy? <laughs> you don't know that? Mm. Question, did Judas not heal the sick? When he sent them out, was Judas not there? Okay, Lord, demons are subject to us in your name. Imagine Judas shouting. This power they walk over. Hey, this, this name, J. I mean, after a while, they started using the name with, with guy, you know. Instead of, instead of Jesus, say Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm imagining the, I, well, I'm just imagining the souls of those, because those were lookout boys, all of them, all those disciples of Jesus. So imagine Judas casting out devils in his name. Yet, after a while, Jesus said, Have I not chosen you to ever one of you is a devil? So you mean the devil was casting out devils? If you don't know God deeply, you'll be carried away by all those things. But you can do all those things. You can, breed, you can be the prayer machine. When guys have prayed and they don't have answer, they come to you. Because you, you have secrets. <laughs> you know that? You have secrets. You can be that way, but God can still say, look, I never knew you. Because those things are not what matters. It is fellowship with God that matters. Communion with God. How, much, how, how often do you touch the heart of God? How, how often do impressions from his heart fall into your heart? How often do you perceive his righteousness, things that are pleasing to him? Are you seeing what I'm trying to say to you? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, so the Spirit of God um, is the one who has been given the work of the Holy Spirit. When you first get born again, according to Mark chapter 16, it says, is it okay I'm quoting this scripture? We're not reading them because they are not the main message. They're like, it's a summary I'm giving about something. Mark chapter 16, it said that, and this sign shall follow them that believe that in my name will they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. Say that if, if they shall take up serpent, if they drink any deadly thing, it will hurt them, and all of those things. Now you see, those things are operations of the Holy Spirit. Because you are now a born again child of God, you have access to the name. All those things can work. Praise Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is already functioning in your life. The Holy Spirit can be operating in your life. To do the things you want. I'm talking about while you are in a state of ignorance concerning God. The Holy Spirit 
You don't need to be a mature person to cast out devils. Have you ever tried it before? Maybe because you've not tried it, that's why. You don't need to be a mature Christian to cast out devils. Just say, get out. You don't even need to fight with them. You know those deliverance things where the pastor will pull his shirt and unroll his skin? Those things. Come out now! What is your name? My name is... And I'm not going out. Do you not call like, like five elders? Hold on, hold on, hold Have you seen such things? You don't need all those things. Those things are playing with devils. Even the devils that you are casting out, they are happy because they are usually bored, you know what I mean? So, so, so the only church, the churches they go to are churches where they cast out de- demons. So if in your church you don't cast out devils every Sunday, they won't like to your church, they won't be coming. Praise God. Hallelujah. But if in your church you, you, constant, you don't preach Bible, you, con, you are constantly doing, it's called Jesus Deliverance Ministries. I know there's nothing called Deliverance Ministry in the Bible. Have you seen it? Yes, sir. But we do it. So Jesus Deliverance Ministry. So, and then, so imagine such a church. Right? Demons, you will just see demons will be coming. Ah! When did that, that, this devil spirit is going, you see, you see the other, hey, you, you don't see that, that church, then they, then they cast us out for there. <laughs> You don't know how demons are. Demons are like that, to be honest. They are, that's the way they are. When you, anywhere you pay them attention, they just come there. And they start manifesting. When you say, come out, Jesus' name, they start dancing. Then roll like this. <laughs> you know why they do that? So that the word of God should never be preached in that church. Praise Jesus. You understand what I mean? Uh-huh. So all those things are not the validation of your Christianity. The Holy Spirit, you can have the Holy Spirit, you can lay your hand on the sick and they, they can recover. It's not a sign that you have begun to, that the ministry of the Holy Spirit has started in your life. Right? Yes. The Holy Ghost came for a reason. And you want to know why the Holy Ghost came. You have to listen to how, what, how Jesus spoke about him. Let's go, to, let's go to the Bible. Let's read John. Um, let's start from John chapter 16. Thank you, Father. Mm. Praise God. John 16 from verse 12. Um, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Jesus was speaking to his disciples that I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he what? Speak. And then he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall do what? Show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and then do what? 
and show it to you. Praise God. So Jesus is in this place defining the purpose of the ministry of the Holy Spirit here. You know, the Holy Spirit is that key element that was absent. I mean, what I call, when I say the Holy Spirit, I don't mean him as a person being absent, but I mean his ministry. There's a difference between the person of the Spirit and the ministry of the Spirit, which is what he's ordained to do on the earth. The Holy Ghost, the same way the Word, the Logos, when he was made flesh, had a purpose on the earth. That same way the Spirit, when he came to the earth, has actually a purpose on the earth. Do you know that the Holy Ghost didn't come to the earth on the day of Pentecost? That wasn't the day the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Ghost had been on the earth since Genesis chapter 1. That was the first time we saw the Holy Ghost, and he never left at any point. He didn't leave. He said the Spirit was upon the face of the deep. Remember Genesis chapter 1? And he has never left. You saw Holy Spirit as from time to time resting upon men. Some of the prophets of old, he would rest upon their mantle. Like Elijah, Elijah. It was the Spirit of God upon their mantle. Holy Ghost is interesting. Holy Spirit. And that's one of the reasons why we misunderstand him because of his nature. The Holy Ghost, you cannot say that God the Father is on this anki, can you? Or God the Son, he, Jesus is on this anki now. He can't be there. He doesn't have a form that can stay on the handkerchief. But do you know that the Spirit of God can rest on this cloth? And you throw it to a sick person and they get up and, and they start walking. Like they came to cut cloth from the apron of Paul to go and heal the sick. It was the Spirit of God resting on a cloth. So that, that, the Holy Spirit has a form that can, that can behave in such a way. It can rest. You know the mantle of Elijah? The mantle of Elisha that parted Jordan. It was the Spirit resting on a cloth. That mantle is like a kind of a cloth or something that he was using. It was the Spirit of God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. But that is the presence, the power of the Spirit that can touch the natural and do things. But that is different from the mandate of the ministry of the Holy Ghost on the earth. It's very different. There's a mandate of the Holy Spirit which didn't, wasn't really there in that way from the beginning. But after Jesus Christ came, if you go back to chapters from John chapter 14, Jesus Christ began to say that, I will, not, you know, I will pray my Father when I go, and he shall send you another comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Now, it seems as if ah, the Holy Ghost wasn't here before. But that's not true. In that same chapter, at some point, he was saying that that spirit is with you, but shall be in you. Now, let's read that, John chapter 14. Let's see it there. Praise God. Okay, you see John chapter 14, verse, let's see, verse 16. Praise Jesus. We are going somewhere tonight. Amen. Amen. Are, are we still here? Yes, sir. Thank you, Father. It says, and I will pray the Father. That's John 14, 16. I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth. You see the way he describes him. Yeah. He's not just saying in general 
Holy Spirit. You will never see anywhere in the Old Testament they are calling to the, referring to the Spirit of God as the Spirit of Truth. Because in the Old Testament, he hasn't moved into that ministry. And he had not been given for that purpose to men at that time. But it was the Spirit of God, like the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Are you seeing that? But Jesus was the one, and I began to speak about him with a particular ministry. He was mentioning there's something about the Holy Ghost now that will begin to do a certain kind of ministry, which is called the ministry of truth. And at this time, he becomes the spirit of truth. And so he's saying that this spirit that Father will give to you is even the spirit of truth, right, whom the world cannot receive, because it seared him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for, you see, he dwelleth with you. This is, of course, before Jesus died, before he went to heaven. This is before Pentecost. But he's saying that the spirit of truth dwelleth, is actually with you, and there, but is not in you. So the, so the reason, the point of Pentecost wasn't Holy Ghost coming to the earth. The point of Pentecost was bringing in a new season of the indwelling of the Spirit inside men for a particular ministry. Now, let me tell you something. Most things we know about the Holy Ghost doing that he can do on the earth, which we have proven and we've seen, most of the things which the Holy Ghost can do, he doesn't need to be inside a person to do them. Before Holy Ghost has been raising the dead for a long time. In fact, Elisha's bones, this is a prophet who had died. You know what I mean? He died. How long ago did he die for his body to have been reduced to bones? A long time ago, his bones were just there. And they, someone died, and they, maybe they didn't know his bones were there. They threw the person's dead body where his bones were. The residue of the spirit, of his anointing on the bones brought the person back to life. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That will tell you that the Holy Spirit has been doing many, 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 many things. Most of the acts, you see, of all the prophets in the Old Testament, it was the Holy Ghost who was doing all of them. Are you seeing that? He didn't need to be inside people. But when Jesus was now speaking about, I will send you another comforter, is actually a talking about a particular ministry which the Holy Spirit can only do from within, from inside a person. Holy Ghost, to heal the sick, he doesn't need to be inside you to heal the sick. Do you understand what I mean? To work miracles, the Holy Ghost doesn't need to be inside you. But that indwelling of the Spirit in you is for his particular ministry. That's what Jesus is speaking about here. This spirit of truth, who is already with you, because of course he was with them. Jesus, if Jesus was with them, the spirit was also with them. When he sent them out to go and to the villages and to the towns, when they were using the name of Jesus, when you, when you say in the name of Jesus, this, you are, is a, is a, using the name of Jesus is a way to move the spirit. That when you say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The Holy Ghost hears that. And he moves and says, what is stopping this man from walking? The name wants him to walk. The Holy Ghost will be like the man at the beautiful gate. 
said, Siva and Buddha, I have no. You know, they were already doing guy with the name at that time. Just Siva, but in their hand, in their pocket, silver and gold, I have none. <laughs> but that which I have, give I unto you. Now, in the, in the, because the name has, they've proven the name. The name works. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he that was a cripple means something moved. It was the spirit that moved. And the spirit, when the spirit is moving, when it's moving on the authority of the name, Nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop the spirit. If at that point that guy had no legs, legs would have grown out at that point. That's the spirit of God. The spirit of God raised him up. You see what I mean? But that's, those operations are different from what? The spirit or the, the dealings of the Holy Ghost inside a person. What Jesus Christ is speaking about in John chapter 16, bless you, my sister. Um, in John chapter 16, let's go back to 16 now, from 14. Uh, what Jesus was saying in chapter 16 is now speaking about the spirit, not just him being with them. But because he said, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So you are saying that there is a deficiency in these people. These are men who had worked with Jesus for so, so long, who have healed the sick, who have done all kinds of things in his name. They were with Jesus. But Jesus told them that, you see, in this our relationship, there is a limitation. Did, did you guys realize it? Maybe they never realized that there's actually a limitation in our relationship. Yes, you've done many mighty works. He said, demons are subject to us in your name. Yes, you've done that. But there's a limitation. is that you cannot bear the things that I have to say to you. Now, at this point, was Jesus Christ saying that they don't understand Hebrew? Maybe his own Hebrew is very deep and comp. They don't understand his type. So, they, no, 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 no. They, were, they could understand him clearly. In fact, before you get to chapter 16, Jesus has been teaching all these red letters. They were hearing many things Jesus was saying. But Jesus was saying all these things I've been saying. You actually have not, you don't have the ability to hear you can hear, but you are not hearing. So it means hearing message by your ears, not hearing. By spiritual standard. You can hear, and hear, and hear. You can be in church for 20 years, and you've been hearing message every Sunday, but you've never heard God once. There are people like that. Why? Because in, in them, the facility of spiritual hearing of the soul has not been constructed and developed. On the inside. If that is absent, the ear will be hearing. But the, the heart, which is the ground, you know, Jesus taught about the heart, that the heart is the destination for the seed of the word of God. If the soul cannot hear, there is no way for the seed of God's word to enter into the soul and be planted into the hearts of men. Praise Jesus. So these are, these are some of the things that should sober us. You know, we should be more sober than we are. We're not sober enough as Christians. We, everything is excitement. Ah, my God is good. Oh, hey, hey, everything, dancing. You know, all those kind of things. A lot of everything around Christianity has become excitement, excitement, excitement. So God wants us, hey, be sober. Guard the, the loins of your mind. First Peter chapter 1. And hope to the end for the grace that should come to you at the revelation of Jesus. Revelation takes sobriety. 
Guard the loins of your mind. Be sober. It's in soberness that you hear God. Am I speaking to you? So here, he's saying that someone can hear these guys, when they began to follow Jesus, many of them, because they said it, say, what shall we have given that we have left all and followed you? Means Some of them, they left their business, they left father, they left their mother, they left their house, they left everything, and they were staying with Jesus. Imagine staying with Jesus for almost three and a half years, but you're not, not have been able to hear what he's saying. It means that this thing is not by favoritism. Right? It's not favoritism. It's not that me and Jesus, we are pals, I'm Jesus' best friend. That, uh, when my mom, my mom was pregnant with him, a prophet prophesied that I am the beloved of Jesus. So all my life, Jesus has always been helping me. I'm his special child. Thank God for that. But there is nothing like that. God is no respecter of persons. God has order, process, methodologies. The decision of the spirit being the vehicle of witness to men is came by a complex calculation of the Godhead that this is the best and the only way to save man. God just liking you cannot change it. Do you understand? You say, ah, me, well, you know, some people are word people, you know, everybody is different. People Christianity are different, you know, some people they like word. My one is just praying. Music. Just, you know, anytime I just listen to Victoria or Orenze, just, when I, I just listen to her songs. Ah, that's all I just need. I just connect with God. <laughs> Please pardon me. I talk like this sometimes. <laughs> Praise God. And then, and then you think that that thing can replace. There is no substitute for the inward ministry of the Spirit. There is no other way you can ever arrive at the thought of God than an inward operation of the Spirit of God within your soul, the Spirit of truth, the revealer of truth. He said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But how be it? Let's read it, verse 13. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, then he will guide you into all truth. I love this. I love this. I love this. Hey, this gives an insight into the nature of truth. This tells you that truth is not a sentence. Truth is not a verb or a noun. Truth is a word. Do you understand? It's a realm. Truth is a habitation. Truth is a place you need to go, that you need to be guided to. Truth is a place your soul must take journey into. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's a place that you must be guided into, your soul, by an inward operation. There's something called the inward movement of the Holy Ghost within the heart. Its purpose is to bring guidance. The complex dealings of the spirit within the heart that quickens the inward senses, not your five senses, I mean the inward senses of your heart and heightened perception of the truth of God. You know what truth, the, 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 the land called truth is actually the land of God. If you actually check God, God is a glorious habitation. God is a country. God is a planet. 
God is greater than God is a place of habitation. God is a tabernacle. God is a promised land. God is a heaven. God is a world. So, so knowing the truth is not cramming Bible. San Ma, you might be the greatest sword drill. Is this sword drill? Or something? Quiz, Bible quiz scholar. But you might not know one tiny truth. You can cram all, like the Jews recite the Bible and they cram everything, but very ignorant concerning the Bible, like the Pharisees. Truth is an organization. Truth is a culture. Truth is actually a way of life. Truth is a complete embodiment of the logic of God. That's God's mind. God's mind is what you call truth. The summary of the thinking of God, the judgments of God. That's what you call truth. So nobody can, nobody can get into that place without being helped. I want to ask you a question. Can you change your mind to God's mind without help? No. Most times when we come up with things, when you just, be honest, most of our things we look like man, 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 man. You know what man, <laughs> you know man, our things always go a certain way, certain way, certain way, certain way, certain way, certain way. It's hard to find the true impressions of God because only the Spirit of God can bring that. Whenever you, you are able to get the impressions of God, it, it smells differently. It smells like a perfume from another realm. There's nothing in this world that smells like it. It doesn't smell like your, your corporate world. God doesn't smell like, you know, some, sometimes we want to fully make church corporate by, by force, by force. We want to corporatize everything. Hey, this is how they do it in the industry. Let's do it in church. Why? What makes men think that way? Because of bankruptcy. We don't have access to the things of God. Do you know that if you check today, the world is becoming, the church is becoming almost more worldly than the world. Because we have almost copied every single thing that the world does and we brought it into the church. In fact, many of times, I'm sorry to say this, but it's the truth. A lot of times, pastors don't model church according to the idea of mind of God. Pastors model church according to what men will like. Because if your church looks and sounds and is like what the happening things that souls of men like, they will be comfortable there and they will stay there. But the problem with making the church like the world is that Everything that is comfortable in the world will be comfortable in the church. Adultery, fornication, backbiting, covetousness, malice. Everything, competition. The assistant pastor is competing with the pastor, wants to get his own post. The deacon wants to get the assistant pastor post. The same plagues that plague the world plague the church. Why? Because the setting is right. You cannot make the church like the world and say, sin, don't enter here. Sin will not respect you. Sin will say that you have my environment. You spray my perfume. Why shouldn't I, be, why shouldn't I come near you? 
You smell like me. You sound like me. You behave like me. You think like me. Why shouldn't I be here? This is my palace. I'm going to reign here. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Why do we have such problems? It's because we've lost this thing. We, don't, we are unaware that the church, the Bible calls the church. Have you, have you read about what um, Paul said to Timothy? That I'm writing these things to you that you might know how to conduct yourself what, in the house of God, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. Wow. Do you see that? Yes. The pillar and the, what, the ground of truth. If the church is the pillar and the ground of truth, who raises the pillars? It's called the spirit of truth. He is the one who, the purpose of the spirit is to download a different culture to the earth. You understand? Being Christ-like has his own culture. It's a spiritual culture. It's the culture of the heart of Christ and the heart of Jesus which the Spirit of God should... That culture should be open in the church. The church should be a place where men should come and take another culture. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The culture of the Spirit. Yes, sir. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, my God. I, I keep seeing the glory of the end time church. Yes, I, see, I keep seeing the glory of the church. The church will be too beautiful. Yes, too beautiful. Woo. Too beautiful. Do you know there's something... There's nothing as strong as culture. They say culture is the way of life of a people. Yes, right. There will be a time when the church will be too strong. Even if they come and take all our Bible and go and burn it, it might be too late by that time. Hey. We have trapped the life of the Creator. And we are leaving it on the earth. Hallelujah. Can you imprison life? <laughs> can you take life? You can burn Bible, you can't burn culture. You cannot burn life. People who think like their maker, who act like him, who reason like him, who judge like him, who are no slaves to corruption and the loss and the pride of men, who, whose, whose life expression is fueled by holy motive, pure motive, pure motive, pure motive, pure motive, like the heart of Jesus. Jesus Christ, after a while, they flogged him, they killed him, they nailed him to the cross. <laughs> For thousands of years, this is 2022. We are still singing his songs. Hey, we are still sitting down here talking about his life. They couldn't kill it on Calvary. We're talking about and the, the release of resources from heaven. Things that the world can't even understand. Talkless of control. The church is made for glory. The church is greater than what you see it today. What you're seeing the church today is the least it will ever be. The church is going to be glorious on the earth. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. Nothing, 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 nothing. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be lifted up above every other mountain. All nations shall flow into it. After a while, they will get tired. They will get tired. Okay, okay. All our social programs are not working. All our children are behaving. They are all, there's nothing we can do. Okay, can we try church? Because when they check all the church people, they seem okay. 
I love Isaiah chapter 6. Have you read Isaiah chapter 6 before? Arise and shine for your light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen. Ah! They say that darkness will cover the earth. And gross darkness. Hey, that's the time we are getting into. Gross darkness, the people. But what will happen? The glory, the, the light of the Lord will what? rise upon you. His glory shall be seen on you. His glory, his glory shall be seen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, you will not arise and shine until your light comes. How, for, how your light to, will come, that's what we are, we are discussing about here, is the spirit of truth, the one who brings, there's no time to go there, but to really understand that ministry of the spirit, you have to read First John chapter 5, where he said there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Logos, which is the Word, and the Spirit. Let's read it, First John 5, quickly. We're going to come back here by God's grace. First John chapter 5. <clears throat> oh, thank you. First John 5, verse, verse 7. It says, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and who? The Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So when they use the word record here, they are just telling you, a record is a record. Right? You can say in this hotel now, they have a record of something. And it's inside their record room. They store it there. That record has nothing to do with you. It might not be your business. It's just there. And you don't have a say about what the record is. It's just a record. It's there. Now, if something happens and it's in that record is something that they feel is important for you to know, they have to now find a way to make, bring a witness of the record. To make you have a witness of the record. Are you seeing the difference between record and witness? Record is something that's there. A witness means something that came to you. Do you see that? So when the record of God wants to travel, it has to become a witness. The bearing witness of something means you are sharing the information of it. Do you understand? So the record, there's a record of God in heaven. It means that's how God is. But when it comes time for them to now begin to give, this thing I've been talking about, this download of God's mind, God's heart, and all of that, that's what you call witness. That's one thing we lack on the earth. We lack witness of God on the earth. What we have on the earth is religion and all these things. We have many things on the earth. That's why men get tired of it. They don't believe what they feel. You guys are lying. God doesn't even exist. We, when I look at you, we are the same. There's no difference, man. Why are you lying to me? Why are you, why are you trying to act as if you are some superpower or something, as if you talk to, to Jesus at night and he appeared to you and all those things? Why are you trying? Liar. You're a liar. We are all the same. You go to work, I go to work. My, my, my work is my life. Your work is your life. Don't lie. The way I plan for my children, I'm, I'm invested in it, and I do it with my whole life. You do the same thing. So why are you better than me? Stop lying. That's the problem the world has, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them. We lack witness. Witness. It's one thing to agree that there's a record of God in heaven. 
but it's not enough. There should be a witness. Why is a prophecy? The earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters what cover the sea. It's going to come to pass. Amen. Yes. So what the earth needs are actually people who carry the impressions of God. When you carry God's impression, you don't have to be shouting religious cliches all the time. They will smell him around you. There's something about that man, about that woman, about that boy, about that girl. About where does her peace come from? Where does his peace come from? Times when we are perturbed, they are not, like Jesus said, that peace, I live with you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. They will begin to make inquiry. Why, the things that move us, why don't they move these ones? When they plot their life, they try and plot your own life. They can't pinpoint you. You are doing the things they do. You go to work. You have children. You have family. But when they, they know that there's something about you, this man is not attached. He's not living for these things. His life is somewhere else. How can a man be on the earth? And he's like every one of us. We walk together. But when you check him, you can't. His soul is not there. He's somewhere else. They say he has another. His mind is affixed at something else. He has something. That, it's as if he has another profession entirely that is not of this world. You think men can smell such things? Men can smell such things, though. They can, the impressions of God. Say witness. So God doesn't just want to stay in heaven while we are doing Christianity on the earth without him. God wants to come down inside men. He wants to live and express himself in men. He wants to download his essence, his life, his judgment, all of those things on there. That is one of the dreams of God. You know, that's the dream of God. And, and the way God did it is that he has actually saw an oath completely concerning it, that man must come into this thing. And he did it by binding himself to man through his own son. The moment the Logos was made flesh, no turning back. Right now, when you get to heaven, when you get to heaven, say, hey, where's the Logos? They will just tell you, yeah, Logos is not a man, no. Something terrific happened in heaven. A man is sitting on the throne. Hallelujah! I think I've caught to you before. It means that, hey, you can never separate God and man anymore. God has gone too far to turn back. The devil told the man, when the man arose and got there, according to Hebrews 1, he said, boy, sit down at my right hand and wait until we make your enemies your footstool. Hallelujah. Means until we bring your body above your enemies. Hallelujah. And why would that happen? Your body must come and sit with you where you are seated. Amen. God, God will never lower his expectation. God can never say, hey, these people, look at them. All they, love, they, don't, they don't even like me. So let's change our mind. It can never happen anymore. God had, he said, he said the husband man awaited for the precious fruit of the earth. And he had long patience for it. What is that long patience? He can wait. If all our generations say we don't want it, we say no problem. You guys are not the first not to want it. Let's wait for the next one. God can wait till we all die and pass away. It doesn't, it doesn't move him. He can wait. 
But I believe there's a love in his heart for our generation. There's something, there's something in his heart. Because why? Because why would these thoughts be? Are these my own? These are not my thoughts. These are not my own. These are these things. As, as sure as I am of anything on this earth, I know that heaven is speaking to us right now. Amen. This is God. This is at the thoughts of God. These are the mind of God. This is for a generation. Tell you, arise, ye that sleep it, and awake from your slumber. It's time. It's time. It's a, a time of great visitation. When the Spirit of God is speaking, speaking expressly. I, the way I see this way, God is going around pursuing men. I'm, I'm willing to give myself now. I no longer want to be hidden. Who wants me? Do you want me? Well, we are very busy, but it's persistent. It's, that's why this program exists. Something like, how few, yeah, you might see me, it's inconsequential. It's, God doesn't work with too many numbers most of the time. Go and track his way of behavior. A lot of times in the old generation, you might look for just one man, few people. That's just God's nature. That's his behavior. Do you know that all Jesus' time on the earth, God wasn't concerned that Jesus should go to all the nations. If you physically plot the area that Jesus walked with his feet, his time on the earth is not that big. That Middle East area, just a very small terrain like that. God didn't feel like, let's globalize this guy. It's Satan that was saying that. <laughs> it was Satan that was saying that. <laughs> or the, I will give you all the kingdom of the world. God, Jesus was not interested in all those things. It's not by that. God can in one spot be landing. For example, when Paul went to Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, he went there, he saw a few believers there who they were born again, but they've not heard of the Holy Ghost. Then I said, we've not heard of any such Holy Ghost. So he baptized them. They got filled with the Spirit. Then Paul went into the, te- te- the temple and tried to you know, bring the message of Christ. But those guys in the temple, they know too much of the letter. They kept fighting Paul. No, 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 no. Paul said, no problem, no problem. Paul just went and found one guy called Tyrannus in the city of Ephesus and said, can I just come to your house? And Paul just went to his house and was staying there for two years. Paul started teaching every day. Go and read it, Acts chapter 19. I was saying he taught every day at the school of Tyrannus. He wasn't teaching in synagogue. In fact, when he went to the synagogue, they didn't give him space. He left there and went toward Tyrannus. And imagine Paul just sitting in one spot, in one house. Now, how many people can, can you contain in one house? There might not be too many. It wasn't a giant congregation, just a few people. Paul was just teaching them every day, teaching them the, the gospel of Christ. The Bible says in those two years, so grew, mightily grew the word of God, and it prevailed. God can cause his word in a gener- the word for a generation. It can start in one tiny spot with a few people who are interested in hearing such things and just begin to speak it for a long time and just keep growing. Do you know, do you know the spirit? Do you know that you cannot sit down and do you know the warfare involved to download certain, some of these kind of thoughts? For some of us, if after now you just go about your normal life, you see these thoughts. By tomorrow, next tomorrow, if you are not careful, you will never find them again. Even if you let them go, maybe after next tomorrow or something, you now decide to now maybe pray and get them back. You can't get them back like that. 
you might try to force yourself. Ah, that message. Ah, that you can't. It's not by like. It's not by that. There is a kind of administration of the spirit that heaven. That's why you must. We must allow such moments. It's not by, by any man's ability. It's just by the determinate counsel of God that we all have to align under and be meek and broken to subject ourselves to the season of the speaking of the, of the Holy Ghost. How He wants to design this. 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 Design it. Praise Jesus. Paul was teaching in Ephesus for two years. So mightily grew the word of God. Do you know how that word started growing? The word grew to a point where it began to affect commerce. Shops of idol worship started shutting down. There was a goddess called Diana who they worship. And all of the trade in that region was tied to her because those who worship her, they buy things. Imagine how, how deep in idolatry a place must be that a goddess, the activities around her worship, is what determines the economy. Wow. Wow. But just Paul, he wasn't doing miracle crusade. He wasn't, a, he wasn't trying to, neither did he go to the government and say, hey, we have come to effect change. A new reign is coming. It's called the dominion of the kingdom. All of you presidents and, and uh, mayors have to get born again. So that it's, not, it's not by that. The same way Jesus never went to Herod to fight for kingship. Say, my kingdom is not of this world. Herod, go and do your things where you are. I'm going to sit here and just be talking, speaking. Say talking. Talking. Preaching. Preaching. There's power in preaching. You can preach heaven open. By preaching, spirits, principalities over a region that have determined and governed over the the death, spiritual deadness of men for a long time. Through preaching, you can break their hold and they lose their hold. By preaching in one spot, somebody in the southern part of Winnipeg can wake up one morning with a hunger for God. It was not in your, in your meeting because you're, you're, they are giving your heart to the word. You are, there's a legitimate something happening in the spirit. You are breaking the hold of spirit over the hearts of men. You can change the territory that way. What preaching of truth can do? Prayer, you can pray for 10 years. You can't get that job done. The best prayer would do is to try and bring in a season where the word that can judge spirits will come. This meeting happening today, you don't know what prayer might have gone for something like this to occur. It could have been 10 years ago that prayers have been offered. It could have been five years ago prayers were offered. See, people praying, God, visit Winnipeg. The Lord, visit Winnipeg. Lord, let there be a change. Let there be a revival. Let there be this. But the way, when they are praying, maybe they don't even know what revival looks like. To them, revival looks break out of signs and wonders. See, how many places have signs and walking has broken out? Have you heard of Azusa Street Revival before? If you go to Azusa Street right now, does it look, you think it looks like a revival place? If you are not careful, a gay club might be standing in the place where they used to hold meetings. Why? Because any revival based on signs and wonders and miracles can never stand the test of time. Because such things cannot transform the souls of men. But God was in those revivals. You see, the, 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 the faith movement, the healing movement, all of those things in the States, those things were to wet the ground, create a culture of the spirit, drive it into the church to help midwife the season of righteousness, which 
I believe, is ripe now on the earth. And if you are anybody still praying for that kind of revival of hospitals being opened and all of those things, if you are praying for that as your pure sense, your main sense of revival, you are not praying too accurately because that is no longer the season on the earth anymore. God is tired of doing miracles and people are spiritually dead. There is something called destruction that wasted at noonday. He's, he's talking about it's a season of destruction where destruction no longer hides again. Things that men used to hide to do, they come in the open and do it. And they don't only want to do it. They want to entrench it as law and make sure that men should approve. Men should approve deathlessness. Men should approve animosity and hatred against God. Men should reject God. They want to prevail over the death of God in society. That's the season you are in right now. I'm not trying to scare you, please. I'm just telling you the truth. This is the truth. Time has changed, though. Time has actually changed. This is a time when the Bible was saying that in these last days, it's because it's perilous times, they will come. That if we were not careful, even the very, very elect will be deceived. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is a time of truth. Amen. Let me not waste too much time here. Glory to God. So he says there's something called record, which is God's mind as it is in heaven, right? But then there's something called witness. So when it's time to witness in the earth, which is bringing God down in his mind and his judgment, he said there are three also that bear witness in the earth. That is 1 John 5, verse 8. There are three that bear witness in the earth. First, the spirit. You see that? They put the spirit first now. They didn't put the father because the father does not bear witness in the earth. Out of the Godhead, there are the two of them, the Logos, which is the word, and the spirit are the ones who came for witness. There's never a time when the father came to witness of their life on the earth. But rather, the spirit, the son came and the spirit. So the spirit, sorry, and yeah, the son, but the son is by it came by water and by blood. So the spirit, the water, and the blood. In summary, what is water and blood? It's not physical water and blood. Water and blood is a, is a metaphor for the streams of God's life. You see, blood, blood is also water. Do you agree with me? Blood is a water that has genetic information. And that word for genetic information means code, DNA code of life. So the ministry of the blood, like Jesus Christ, when he, in the last supper, he broke the bread. He said, this is my body broken for you and all of that. Then he took the cup. He said, this is the New Testament in my blood. So it means the New Testament is actually in, is, the, is the DNA of the blood. It's the law which is in the blood, which they want to cause to flow from God, which is the witness. So it means the witness of God to the hearts of men is the pushing of God's genetic code, genetic information. They want to give you a blood transfusion to transfuse, remove the blood that Satan has, that we have inherited over over time. The the mind that thinks only of earthly and corruptible things, but rather transfuse your soul, not your body, your soul with what? 
the witness of the blood of Christ. But witness is facilitated by the Spirit. That's my point. That nobody will come into the streams of, of the waters and the blood of God's life without the Holy Spirit. If you go back, read verse 6 of verse 5. It says, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is who? Is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood. You see the Son of God? This, who is this Son of God? He's the same person they make reference to in John chapter 1. And the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the Logos. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. They're telling you that the Son came by water. means that when to receive the Son of God is not just claiming, quoting, it's not getting born again. It's actually a process of, the, of receiving his life. Remember that he came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Right. For God so loved the world that, that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. So it's not a guarantee that though by believing in him, you would not perish. But the reason why you believe in him is so that you should not perish. So after you believed in him, there's something that you must receive to make you not to perish. And that thing is you must receive everlasting life. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. How will that life come? That life comes by this thing called water and blood. So what they call water and blood is a metaphor of the Bible. It's a Holy Ghost metaphor. Trying to describe the witness of the life in the Son. That is brought to the soul by the ministry of revelation through the Holy Ghost. So you see this blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. That's not how it's meant to be used. That blood is not something you say. Blood of Jesus. It can work. Holy Ghost knows what you mean. Holy Ghost knows you mean that I should protect you. Okay, I understand. I will go and do it. <laughs> you understand? But, but that's not what the blood of Jesus is. <laughs> Let's not waste the blood, man. How many roads have we played blood of Jesus on? You know what I mean? Imagine you pouring blood of Jesus around all the roads everywhere. Is that, sorry, that's just a joke. But I know you, you can't pour the blood of Jesus on the, on the road. But that's what we do. It's not meant for such things. You don't need to see blood of Jesus for your protection. Angels can, can take care of that. The angels are assigned to you. In fact, a lot of times you forget to pray. The angels, they still walk. Do you understand me? The blood of Jesus is a specific provision that has to do with redeeming your soul from corruption. It has to do with the exchange of life within your soul. The blood of Jesus is an offering. That's why the, that last supper is around the feasting of the body and the blood of Jesus. You know, body and blood are different levels of eating. What is body? Body is what the blood produced. Then the blood is what produced the body. Do you understand? Is there anything in your body that your blood didn't produce? If you eat food, it must go into your bloodstream. Your bloodstream will, will flow into your cells and impute that energy from your food inside it and cause the body to grow. Means everything in your body came from your blood. According to a code. So your body, your digestive system, I don't know what the system is called, it will take the energy from the food you ate. Read the code of your DNA. How big should our nose be? Okay, the code will tell them. 
I'm so sorry. Let me know his nose. How tall should he be? Then when he says, ah, according to what is written in the DNA, which is based on the father and the mother and the height of their family, this is the height that this one should go. Okay, has he reached that height? Okay, yes, okay, height department, shut down. No more going there. No more growing anymore. I'm just dramatizing it for you. But it was that kind of conversation that happened in the body. So the blood, he said the Leviticus 17, 11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Do you understand? Why is his head that big? Read his DNA, it's inside there. The answer is there. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? So when you are eating the flesh, those are metaphors. The metaphor means when you, are, you can't just eat the blood alone. You have to partake of the full table. You have to, you are, as you are eating the flesh, you are drinking the cup of the blood. Right? The flesh means that there are things that are fleshed out already in the, in the New Testament which you can see and eat. Right? Because they can't leave you just to be drinking blood alone. It might take a long time. But you can't only eat the flesh. You must also drink the blood because the blood, the blood must transfuse into your system. After some time, when you have so much blood in you, the blood will start producing your own flesh. Wow. It, will, it will raise an image that looks like Jesus wow. because your DNA wow. is accurate with wow. his own DNA. Wow. My little children for whom I travel again in breath until Christ is formed in you. Christ can never be formed in a person who doesn't have his blood inside their soul. It's by the information of his life that they raise the form of Christ in a person. Do you want to get to a state where you act naturally like Jesus? Yes, sir! Not that you have to wait and go and read the Bible. Then come and decide what will Jesus do. Because it might be too late. And and most likely you will never do that. Most likely we go and refer to the Bible after we've done what we like. And we didn't think about the Bible at all. Say, so, oh, I made a mistake. Oh. oh, but the Bible actually says this because where the, the fountain of life flows from is so quick. But rather, God has to preempt that thing and remove every corrupt nature from you and replace it with his own blood. So when, and you see, see the righteousness that pleases God is a righteousness that fountains from your blood. Righteousness that doesn't fountain from your blood um, is not really you. But God can accommodate that season as long as you are not denying the ministry of the New Testament. Right? That thing called New Testament, which is the ministry of the Spirit according to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Jesus said, it is in my blood. This is the New Testament in my blood. And this you drink often. He said, drink it often. And do this in remembrance of me. That remembrance is not, Jesus, oh, you died. Why do I flog you? Ah, Jesus, I remember you. Oh, that kill must have been painful. <laughs> I remember how they flog you. I'm crying, Jesus. That's not the remembrance of him. They are not saying, remember how the Roman soldiers were flogging him. That's not the remembrance of him. Do you know what the remembrance of him is? 
the things about him written in his blood. They should, be, they should serenade your mind. Full. Your mind should be full of those things. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's how you remember Jesus. Don't be thinking about how they flog him. That's not that minute. That can't stop you from sinning. The only thing that will stop you is that are the things in the blood which the Holy Ghost has revealed to your heart, which came to you by spiritual revelation, bringing impressions of the spiritual nature of Jesus into your heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the ministry of the Spirit, of the Spirit of truth. Hey, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's let's pick John's mind about this subject. We'll round up very soon. Um, John had an insight into this thing we're talking about, this ministry of the Spirit. He has his own language, what he called it. He called it anointing. 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 Then he called it unction. It's it's called the holy unction. There's something called the holy unction, the unction of the Spirit. It's not the unction to deliver you from all your problems from the village. It's an unction for a ministry. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. The holy unction is the unction of the Holy Spirit. Let's read that in the book of 1 John chapter 2. This is what um, the Lord can initiate a process of impartation for every one of us. It's an impartation or into a kind of fellowship. It's a kind of communion with the Holy Ghost Amen. in a different way Amen. from what we have known him before. Amen. We have known the external ministry of the Spirit. It's now to know the internal ministry of the Spirit. The inward ministry. He, the Spirit of truth. So many of us have been carrying the Holy Ghost inside us for a long time, but he hasn't done too much. Many of the things we've been using him for are things that he doesn't need to be inside you to do. Or the answer your prayer, all those things. But the inward ministry, he resides on your inside to be the Spirit of truth. It resides on your inside. It's called the abiding unction. The abiding is an indwelling state of the Holy Ghost through which He facilitates fellowship, an inward fellowship that results in the mind and the heart being open to the thoughts of God. When, when the Holy Ghost quickens fellowship, communion with you on the inside, you see the things of the blood begin to stand and talk to you. Things about the life of Jesus, the fellowship with his, with his life. It's the fellowship which the Holy Spirit, the, the communion, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet communion, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That thing called the sweet fellowship, the reason for the Holy Ghost inside of you is to fellowship with you. Wow. So fellowship with you. So the Spirit wants to break bread with you inside your heart, commune with you. Poor fresh thought. Thought of, of God. Thought of the nature of God. He will expand him. That spirit, the way he operates, he can take, he doesn't sometimes he can take one verse. One verse, just one verse. We say that there are many things this verse speaks concerning the blood and the nature. Sometimes he will take that one verse, he will begin to tell you this verse has brothers and sisters in the Bible. They connect in this way. When you bring them together, they, they talk about a nature that is in Christ that should be installed within your heart. 
enticing conversation. Yes, sir. That's what the Holy Ghost quickens. See, if you're not experiencing such thing, you've not, you've not started being a Christian yet. Wow. This is what it means to be a Christian. No? It's not carrying big Bible to church. Me, I carry big Bible. My Bible is big. I like big Bible, but it's not, that's not where my Christianity is. If you look at my big Bible, you will be deceived. Do you understand? There's something on the inside. There should be an activity on the inside of you. It's an activity of the Spirit, an activity of the Holy Unction. Amen. In in the book of 1 John chapter 2, let's see. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 1 John chapter 2 verse 20. It says, but you have an unction from the Holy One. Hey, Akamaiha. And you know all things. This is telling, it's talking, it's a realm of fellowship. It's, it's something, this thing called the unction, the holy unction, or the unction from the Holy One, is something that it makes the soul fruitful in knowledge. It, it makes your heart blossom in knowledge. It, it pushes ignorance away. It furnishes the soul with the knowledge of God, the revelation of the things of God. It actually makes you knowledgeable in what they call all things. Let me tell you a secret. If you know God, there's nothing else you cannot know. That's true, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When you you fellowship with this unction, you now realize that you can be in a classroom, your prof is teaching you. When your prof finishes talking, unction will start talking. Is it physics? Is it chemistry? Is it anything in the world? Is it your nursing, whatever field you are in? When the prof, you hear everything the prof has said, but after he finished talking, unction will start. What I'm telling you is real stuff, man. Real stuff. Real stuff. Conversation. Conversation of inward conversation of the spirit. The way the unction talks, and it's not like one word, hey, hey, ah, one, one word, one, this one, no. If, when unction is dealing with you, wow. is the United God that you have other senses that are not the five senses. Yes. Ah. They are in what sense they bombard. It's the way like the way I'm seeing this message right now. I'm seeing it. I'm talking to you. I'm seeing your face, but I'm seeing a message. Where am I seeing the message? It's an unction on the inside. Wow. Go to this verse now. Do you think I plan all this thing I'm saying to you already? Do you see any note here? It's unction wow. on the inside. It tells me, okay, now it's enough with that thought. Follow this other thought. Wow. Take that other verse now. It's the holy unction. On the inside, showing the Bible, preaching. I didn't prepare this. It was when I came, I asked Pastor Bukumi, what have you guys been teaching about? He said, okay, they've been teaching about the life of God. I said, okay, no problem. Then something rose up on the inside of me. There are things about this life that you can talk about. It's called the fellowship of the function of the spirit. It doesn't come in English. I'm saying it to you in English, but it didn't come to me in English. It's not, it's not like a voice inside me. It's like an, it's an image. It's an impression. It's something God can... Your soul doesn't, need to, doesn't hear one, one. Your soul, the ear of your soul is, is complex. <laughs> Imagine what can receive God. How complex will it be? I can't even use the word images, but that doesn't do it justice. To see myself, I'm saying, we are seeing pictures. No. It's something. It's the movement of the unction on the inside. See, that unction is the, is the, one, who opened, is the one who wrote the Bible. Because no prophecy of scripture is capable of private interpretation, according to Peter. Because holy men wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 
Do you see that? That Holy Ghost who moved men to write, they now said, he shall be in you. When you have him on your inside, he can also cause movement within your heart to see exactly what he wants me to make you see from the Bible. He says, we have, you have an unction, praise God, from the Holy One, and you do what? You know. So the unction is a teacher. That's, the, that's the, the way you must know the Holy Spirit. You must know the Holy Spirit as a what? As a teacher. The one who brings you into all things. Praise God. Then if you go down to verse 24, it now says that, Let that therefore abide in you, hey, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall what? Remain in you. You shall do what? Continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing. Now, they use the word but there because if they use the word but, what does it mean? Something came before but. You can never have but if there's nothing before but. It means that what they want to say now is in contrast to what they just said before. So what they want to say in verse 27 is in contrast to what is in verse 26. So it means that what he wants to describe in verse 27 is a provision to negate the operation of seduction. See, that word seduction is a strong word because that's what that's what fights against men. This whole world is a world of seduction. What makes a soul not be on fire for God is because things have seduced the soul. You know, you want to define what is that thing being on fire for God? What is the meaning of that thing? It's actually a love. Love is a fire. The way a guy can be on fire with a girl, another guy can seduce him. And that fire dies. It now becomes on fire with the other one. <laughs> you know, ladies have their different fire and their different yes, flavor. Yes, Some women are bad. They can just blow off a fire. Like, <laughs> light their own fire inside of you. <laughs> so as a man, don't, you must be garrisoned. Eh? No woman should have access to your candle to light it up. <laughs> Amen. Your candle should be. When I was young, when I was a very young guy, amen, here in Winnipeg, the Lord said, He said to me, You must, you should be so. Was it the the Lord? Yeah, it was the Lord. I can't remember if it was the Lord now, it was my mentor, one of them. I can't remember precisely. But they said to me that, even if it was my mentor, it was by the Lord, because I felt like the Lord talking to me. He said that you should be so hidden in God, in me, that no woman can find you. Because of the start season of my life, it wasn't a season for women. That it, I knew it was a season for the Lord to, to deepen me in certain things. And if I begin to allow women to light my fire, they, will not, they can't light that fire without taking out the fire that God put there at that particular time. For a man to bear the fire of a woman and the fire of God at the same time is not an easy task. It only occurs under the institution of marriage. It's a mysterious operation. It's according to a mystery that God will make you able and permit for your fire 
towards him and your fire for a woman to coexist together. And they born together. Each one fuels the other. They actually grow up into a strong flame and they get stronger every time. That's the beauty of marriage. But if as a young man, you, know, you like um, fires, say fires. When you see a lady, fire, kapata, kapata. Please don't, don't allow your heart to be a candlestick that is downtown. Hey, all the women, please, if you have fire, come and light it. You should be hidden, especially as a young. See, do not, I beg you, do not awaken love until it pleases. Do you know why? Because it's hard for you to, the reason for fire is to burn. Can any man take coals into his bosom without it burning him? That's love. Anytime you are awakened in love, you have just taken a fire, a coal into your bosom. Yes, sir. The same thing with the love for God. And the reason why God puts his fire in the heart of any man is to consume them. Yes, for our God is a consuming fire. And if you like a woman lights her fire in a man, don't feel I can manage the fire now. I'll just I will just use it sometimes, then. When it's prayer meeting time, I will quench it and go and pray and come back. No foolish mind is trying to take it. You don't know what that thing is. Has a woman handled you before? <laughs> Have you ever fell in love with a girl before you started crying and begging God, God, please save me from this girl. <laughs> when, you, when you make up your mind, ah! <laughs> As a young man, I'm going to serve the Lord. You bone your face. I'm not giving my strength to a woman. I'm just going to serve God with my youth. Then she will just come from the back and rub your head like this. <laughs> what will happen? Every single resolve has a. Eh? Have you eaten? <laughs> Tongue. Tongue will change. <laughs> Guys know what I'm talking about. Ladies might not understand, but boys, boys, boys understand. We know our life. We know what we're talking about. Praise Jesus. So don't let any fire be lit in you. That is not, that is not God's fire. But the point I'm trying to make is that what kills the fire of God? In the, you just see some people, they will just... Anything God, he would just, ah, oh yeah, man, just lose it. Talk about anything, politics, the world, everything, they are weak. Just open your Bible to one breeze will just come, sleep. Hey, pain, persecution. Something has happened to the soul. Something has happened to the soul. See, so can sit down and watch it. Movie. These days we don't even what's movie? Movie, forget movie. Series. We are the series generation. Yeah. Means that if you, the way they programmed us in this generation, when you watch one movie, you say, What is the meaning of this? Has it finished? <laughs> <laughs> so we deal in series. Why they've they have you mean that our soul has been stretched to take in entertainment. It, what is entertainment for? It's, entertainment is also a fire. Wow. It's also it's a fire, but a fire can also be a water. Mm. To pour water on your fire for God. Wow. 
You so can watch a series for I don't know how many hours they take and, and all of that, but you can't sit down for three hours and listen to the word of God. Difficulty, slumber, all manner of sleep, level, the gas, inside church. Inside church, someone can sit from gear one to gear two to gear three to gear four. Till they are going full blood sleep. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Please don't, you know that has happened in the Bible before. Paul, you know Paul, Paul's teaching is us always, you know, at least this meeting is just some hours, we'll be leaving very soon. Paul was teaching from morning to night. Only God knows how long each teaching in the house of Tyrannus was. Paul taught and taught and taught in the night. Someone called Eutychus fell down and died. He didn't even feel it as if anything happened. Kept teaching. It was after they finished teaching, maybe in the morning. He just went and lay down on him and he woke up and said, You slob, sleepy. <laughs> Don't be like Eutychus. Let there be a fire in you for, for the word of God. Let God's word tantalize your soul. There should be nothing that excites you than the word of God. There's no news in this world. Nothing new will ever happen in this world again. Everything that can, will ever happen has already happened. Hey, someone, that one died. They've been dying. Hey, this thing just happened. It has happened. Check anything that happens today. There's a pattern. It has happened before. Solomon, check everything. He said, there's nothing new under the sun. No. He said, me, I the preacher. That was his mandate, to search out all that is done under heaven. At the end, he summarized it. Vanity upon vanity. All is vanity. It's a vexation of spirit. Anything that there's an adventure out there. It's a lie. There is nothing. Whatever is out there, you enjoy it for one day, the two days. After a while, you get tired. There's nothing in this world that can sustain you. But try God. Try God. Try God. The Holy Ghost can talk to you about one verse for 10 years. When you open it, it's still fresh every morning. Fresh. 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 Freshness. Only Spirit of God can do that kind of thing. We'll be bringing out freshness from one thing. That will tell you that the written Bible is not really the Word of God. It's a key that they use. The Word of God is a spirit. It's coming out of an unseen realm where it does not end. And they can keep baptizing the soul and baptizing the soul with revelation. See, I'm painting a life to you guys now. The life I'm painting to you is a glorious life. It's not just to go and live it in heaven. I'm telling you how you can live on the earth gloriously. The, the Bible is a book of glory. This world has seen all kinds of glories. We've seen the glory of billionaires and millionaires. We've seen the glory of tech gurus. We've seen the glory of sports gurus and all kinds of glories in different fields. But there is a glory that the creations are waiting for. The earth is still yet to see. It's called the manifestation of the, of the sons of God. Those who, by, who through his knowledge have acquired his glory. You cannot have the knowledge of God and his glory not be on you. And that glory has its own, is, is, is one that you can never buy. You can't buy it with money. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this verse 25 or 26 is talking about them that seduce you. 
So then that seduce you is, first of all, is the world. Everything in the world are what, he mentioned those things in the verses earlier, love not the world, not the things that are in the world, verse 15. So those loves, what seduces is love. It's a kind of love, it's a, or lust, it's really lust, right? Got the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. They are the things that, another word for lust is a, is a devilish anointing. Lost is an anointing of the spirit. It's like, it's like something, you have a lust to do something. It's an, it's an oil. You don't know how to rid yourself of it. That thing will stay. You must do me. Until you do me, you won't be free. That's how sin operates. It's this temptation. It's like an oil. Something is, is oiling your soul and empowering you to do something that's against the will of God. It's a kind of seduction. So this world is a seductive place. It's, it's sedu- it seduces the soul out of the secret place where it should, it should converse and fellowship with its maker. It's to make you more e- externally minded than inward. Our daddy Kenneth E. Hagin was saying you should be God inside minded. Right? You should be more, your inward senses should be speaking more than your outward senses, than what you see and what you hear. You have more stimuli from the spirit of God in your heart. You should, you should, rather, you should be seduced inwardly by the Spirit. You should be able to stay in a room by yourself and be having the greatest joys of life because of the movement of the Holy Ghost and what he's saying to you concerning God and your maker. Satan wants to thin down man and make man flat and, and that man should not be able to function if he's not being stimulated by his environment. But God says, no, man was not made for that. Man should not be wretched. Man was, is a spiritual entity. The soul is a spiritual organism that was made for fellowship with God. Praise God. So these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Verse 27. But the anointing. You know, earlier he called it unction. Now he's now calling it anointing. The anointing which you have received of him abided in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is another operation of the Spirit. It's not, the, it's not your mantle, nor the oil upon your head for doing things. Say, abide. abide. He's talking about the abiding unction. The abiding, say, say the abiding anointing. You know, we only see guys who are anointed who do miracles. We don't see men. We, there's another kind of anointing. Another kind of anointing. Men who carve in wall portals to God in their soul, by an anointing that they carry. When you talk to some such men, when you, when you speak with such men, they, their speech can seduce you towards God because they are inwardly seductive. They have an, an inward oil of seduction. Because of the abundance of fellowship which they carry, they can actually share it with men. The same way men who are anointed with the world can seduce you. They can tell you story of all their exploits and all the things they've amassed on the earth. And you can get seduced. I want to be like you. Oh God, show me the way. The same way men who carry the impressions of God can be seducers to you. Please look for such men and befriend them. People who have the unction of the spirit. In, in whose souls the, the world 
of the spirit has been dug from where gushers of water can come from. He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow forth rivers. Of we are moving to a time when God will raise men with rivers in them for nations to drink. Nations will be drinking rivers from men and it won't be finishing because of what God has done. See, once you have, in, once inside you, they unlock the doors to the eternal realms of God. You can, the Bible says it now, there will be a time when a man will be like a shelter from the wind. He said that there will be a season when seven women will take hold of one man and say, please, don't feed us, don't clothe us. Let us just bear your name. Because that man has become an epitome of salvation. The book of Isaiah called them trees of righteousness. Planting of the Lord. Who is a tree? He's an erect stature. He can break contrary winds. Winds that normally blow and take blow men away. When his tree rises, he breaks the wind. No more, no more taking men away anymore. The day of salvation has come. Men can be trees. They will be called trees of righteousness. The planting. He said that they will build the old waste places. What are those wastelands? The wastelands of souls. That, and the desolation of many generations. Those who have been made desolate by sin and death and corruption. God will begin to raise trees of righteousness in the last days. Planting. Those people are those who they call, they who don't know they are God. They shall be strong. And they shall do exploit. Exploit is not doing those. The word, the word exploit comes from the word explore. Someone who does exploit is someone who can search out things. They are the people who the Bible calls that they will, it will give to men the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. Those are not bad things. Those are things because God himself dwells in thick darkness. Him who no eyes have seen nor can see. The immortality that dwelleth inside the light. But that light is actually a darkness. You need to see it in the book of Psalms. Blackness. When it descended on Sinai, that's what happened. At some level, you will see light and fire. But the thick where he was, gone, gone, is a place of thick darkness. No eyes can pierce. Eyes hath not seen, nor ear heard. Neither has he entered into the heart of any man what God has prepared for them that love him. But he had revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searched all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. The things out of the depths of God. The spirit of God searched them out. And out, the scripture has said, out of the belly of a man can flow what? Rivers of what? Living waters. See, this is the message. This is the Bible I'm preaching to you. Any message short of this is, is an insult to the to the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus did not die to give you a car and a house and a good job and to give you children. He didn't need to die. How do I know men have been having those things before he came? He didn't come to die for that. He came for a reason. One reason. That you may have life. You may have it more abundantly. Said, but the anointing which you have received of him abided in you. You need not that any man teach you. Hey, I love this. Concerning what this anointing has to teach. You don't need, once this is happening to you, you don't need man anymore. 
It says, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall what? Abide. So the, the, the unction, praise Jesus. I don't want to, I don't want to go for, too much further. Amen. I can keep going on like this. The Bible will keep opening, but because of our time, as I know tomorrow is, tomorrow is Monday, right? There's probably work and all that. Amen. Amen. But the, the anointing, you see, you see as, it's, as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Do you know what this anointing is? It's a kind of, of, of spiritual super glue. Or it's like a cement. It's a gum to, to bring you and draw you into the world of God. And then seal you up inside that world. That as you are living on the earth, you'll be living in God. As you are living on the earth. When they check your mind, your, your mind doesn't only think, won't be thinking of corruptible things alone. But rather, you have an inward fountain which has been raised out by the unction to furnish your mind with incorruptible things. Where man, you begin to meditate upon the thoughts of God. Say abiding. Abiding. There is actually a, a grace to abide in God. You know what I mean? You see this life I'm describing? For you to have this life, and this is your reality every day, every day, every day. It's not breaking. It's not reducing. Rather, it's actually increasing. I'm not telling you story. I'm telling you reality. You can be living constantly in fellowship with God. Constantly in deep fellowship with the Spirit of God. Around his revelation and his waters. Where he's expounding and exposing his mind to you. Constantly, constantly, constantly. That's what God wants for you. God is looking for souls who will abide. He wants to call you out. Come out from among them. Be separate from them. That's the life of a priest. Priestly life. He wants to bring back priestly living upon the earth. That you will all become priests and kings unto our God. You can never be caught out unawares by sin because you have higher information that where sin is flowing from. You know that what, what defeats sin is revelation. Right? It's not muscle, it's revelation. If a guy wanted to sleep with a girl, ah, this girl is the ah, this girl is too pretty. I I've lost my life. I can't even do it. After sleeping with her, I will go and repent. There's nothing I can do. There's no strength in me to deny it. And then you now call the guy, boy, that girl you're talking about, come with just, just, just a little revelation about her that you might not have considered. They said that she actually went to the doctor. She has, she has HIV. <laughs> <laughs> She has what? HIV. what? Revelation. <laughs> now, all the loss that prayer could not stop. <laughs> Just one tiny word. Say revelation. The reason why you flirt with sins, you don't know anything about sin. You don't, know what, you don't know what monster sin is. 
We don't know what sin does to the soul. That's how we play around with sin. The day they reveal to you what sin is. It's not a matter of fighting not to sin. Hatred for sin will rise in your heart. You will not hate sin unless they reveal what sin is to you. The same thing, you won't love righteousness until righteousness has been revealed to you. It's not by, Christian is not by force, power, fight, muscle, strength. Oh, I tried, I prayed. No. If, if you are doing that, something is wrong. You lack revelation. Every revelation comes with its own grace. Say, guard up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Hope to the end for the grace that should come to you at the revelation of Jesus. Every time you have a revelation, grace comes to you. Revelation is the portal of grace. Revelation, 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 revelation. There's no, there's no greater answer to sin and death and decadence than revelation. Revelation is the only thing that can travel to the root of lust and sin and dry it up from the root. Because revelation gives you an insight that doing this thing doesn't make sense at all. Why? This is what? This is where sin came from. This is what sins, and this is where sin is leading you to. It's like a vehicle that's taking you somewhere. Sin, the Bible and Revelation will reveal the destination of sin. When you see the destination of sin, you hate it. You hate it. If you don't hate sin, it's because you've not seen where sin is taking every man to. You see that little loss that, 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 that feels sweet to you? If they can show you its nature, vile monster. That wants to consume your soul and take your soul to not hell, not hell, lake of fire. Mm. It's not the same thing as hell. That's the destination. You see, every little demon that's played around with you, that we, you know, we condone some demons. Yeah. When you look at those demons, if you can, in, with the eye of revelation, see the eyeball of the demon, mm. you see the lake of fire inside hey. it. Every demon is anointed to take the soul to the lake of fire. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You will not fall in love with Jesus unless they reveal him to you. Mm. What made Jesus sit on the throne? In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, For he loved righteousness and hated wickedness. It's not that he was trying to be a good man. He loved righteousness. You can't fake it. Wow. If you don't love it, you don't love it. If you don't love Wicked. If you don't, if you don't love righteousness, you can't fall, form, and act out love for righteousness. It's a real thing that can only come to you by revelation. It's by the revelation of righteousness that they make the heart to fall in love with what God. What is righteousness? It's just the thoughts of God. Fall in love with the thoughts of God, please. There is no more better life to live. Every other life. You see that life of. Do what you need to do. Take care of your family. Take care of this. Do the needful. Those are life of the earth and of the ground. That's the cost life. Adam wasn't doing all those things. It was after his sin. Say, cost is the earth for your sake. From the sweat of your face will you eat bread. You see what we glory in? My hard-earned labor. Have you ever heard that thing before? The pride of a man. I'm a self-made man. Those are you are you are boasting in fall. Cost. You are rejoicing. You should be ashamed. 
When you boast in things that they say, this thing should be, I seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let all these things be added unto you. Then you don't seek righteousness. You go and look for those things with your strength and boast. I'm a self-made man. You should be ashamed of yourself. Because that's the life. That's a cost life. Cost is the ground for your sake. When Adam fell, that's what man fell into. Eating with the sweat of his breath. All of those things. Don't glory in such things. Rather, glory in God. I don't know if I've been able to paint the, the glory of righteousness to you. After this message, I'm not expecting you now, you don't know everything about righteousness. No, 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 no. It's to birth something inside of you. And what, if anything has been birthed in you today, don't let it die. Keep it. Hold it. If this message is being recorded, you can keep listening to it. There's more than what I'm just saying. Yes, sir. There is a spirit. Yes, sir. The Lord told me today that it's going to be a night of an impartation. Amen. Yeah. And impartation in this level is not the way we know it. I'm not going to lay hands on you. Amen. Okay, because the Lord did not ask me to do that. Amen. So it's not by laying on of hands. Yes, sir. The impartation is everything I've been saying since. Yes, everything I've been saying is with it, there's a release of his spirit. If you, if you desire what I'm saying, yes, if you desire it, as you listen to this word, open your heart to it. Open your heart. I remember when the first time I heard all these things, my father in the Lord, that the Reverend Kayo Deoyevuke, is the person who the Lord used to help me. I used to be that person. It's that, that person I've been describing, the ignorant person who has zeal, who wants to serve God, who wants everything, all of us. You know what I mean? There are some people here, we all serve God together before, in a certain way. Zeal, everything was there, but without knowledge, without revelation. I remember the day it struck my soul. He loved righteousness. And he hated. Hey, it means he wasn't serving you for something. It means that you can just serve God only to love right, just loving righteousness. That can be it. Just loving righteousness. So it means I can serve you just for your sake, not that you will do something for me or you will do, solve a problem or something or, this, or you will keep, you know, just serve you for you that my Christianity is just you and hearing you and, and you revealing yourself and talking to me about your mind and even just for you and I'm okay with it. Ah, ah. The day that began to dawn in my soul. Hey, as if I became, if I became born again, again. Wow. Oh my God, we've been doing this, whole thing, this thing all wrong. It means that God is just a land of pleasure wow. to be discovered. It means that God is not calling us, come and do this for me. Yes, do ministry for me. Do that one for me. Do this for me. And that's not what God is after. It means that God is after me. Full stop. Just me. Full stop. So, me just coming to him. And then me, him. Me, him. Leave other things. Me, him. Fellowship with him. His mind. Not, okay, God, okay, God, what do you have to say about this one? No. This thing in my life, this aspect of my life, my days, you know, we've separated our life, my Christian life, my work life, my family life. All those things we've done. Say, God, today I'm praying for my family life. Father, what do you have to say about my family life, my career, my this, my that? That's not Christianity. Because 
Before there was anything called you or career or anything, God existed. Yes, and he had thoughts. And there's no way those thoughts have anything to do with your car and your house and career and children because those things did not exist at that point. He existed and he had thoughts. So can you come to God? What, what are your thoughts? God can just speak one thing, mercy. I want to talk to you about mercy. God can talk to you about mercy for years. You'll be unveiling his merciful nature. It's a nature of God called mercy. He will just be teaching you from the Bible, from the Old Testament, from the Psalms, from the New Testament. He will be showing you about mercy, teaching you. He said, blessed are the merciful for this. How did they become merciful? It's true revelation of the merciful nature of God. Has God ever talked to you about that, that thing called grace before? The mysterious organism called grace that flows in his heart like a river that he gives to all men. Has he revealed that subject to you before? That thing has nothing to do with your life, your career. No, no, no. He's just talking to God about things in him. His natures. Those are the things that the Bible are full of. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? Praise God. Um, I want to encourage you, because of time, we're done. Um, can we not, don't throw away this fellowship. Praise God. Hallelujah. If this word ministers to you, take it, meditate on it. God has more to say in this line of things. God has been speaking. It's possible that maybe this is your own appointed time when the Lord is calling your attention that there are other things to now play. Be serious. Let's be serious now. We've played around for too long. Let's be serious. There will be a time when you will have children that will be looking to you to depend on you. And in that day, may the best thing you have to give them not be money. In this kind of world. May the best thing you have to give them not be an education. Because you've given them nothing. The government can give them that. May you have God for them. May you have God. And you can't have God in one day. It's an investment. It takes actually years. It takes decades to have God. To know God. If one can learn PhD for how many years, how much more the creator? He has things to say. You can devote your life and you will not regret it, I promise you. I promise you. If you you decide that, God, I want to know you. I want to be meek. meek. I want to be broken. I want to submit my heart to knowing you. You will not lack anything. The Bible says that both in this life and in the world to come, you will find that you are living the best life you've ever lived. Nobody can serve God and regret it. Even you, you think, ah, my natural things will suffer. My job, all those things, they will never suffer. See, I've been younger now, I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his children begging for it. Do you know who you are talking about? Who has a cattle on the thousand hills? The creator of the heavens and the earth. He says, seek ye first the kingdom. Obey that scripture and his righteousness. All other things shall be added to you. When it's time to excel financially, he will bring it by revelation. He will tell you exactly what to do. You won't spend your soul to get it. Mm. If it's time to get married, he will bring the sister or the brother 
you need to marry. It will come by revelation. It will, not co- it will come by a leading in God. You won't have to, to, you know, to go out and spend your soul to get it. Your career advancement you are worried about, your family life, all of those things. The answer to those things are in God. Just agree. Seek it. I love the word. First. Say first. Don't change it. Don't say, God, if I get all these things, I will not have time. You have broken the scripture. It will never work for you. It doesn't work that way. There's a priority. God made your soul. He knows how you will get it. You must put it first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Prioritize it. How do you prioritize God? Your time. Your time. Prioritize hanging around brethren who have the same appetite for God like you. Spend time with them. Fellowship. Rearrange your life in such a way that you have time for such fellowship. That you are not too busy. You have time to be around them. Community. Nobody can serve God. This world is vicious. Your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You cannot stand alone. That's why God invented the organism called church. It's for community. That the day that you feel down, you just look at Brahmanee. Just his smile alone. Car, you remember the life of Christ. Because you've seen that smile before. You must be thinking about, tell me, just me. What is the Holy Ghost saying to you? When he begins to talk, your, your mind is seduced back to God. You're not depending on your own. So that's the power of fellowship. There's no macho here. Do you, you see me? Here, I have my own guys. Oh. I'm not like one kind of preacher that's traveling around Canada. He's, I don't travel, see? <laughs> this one actually came by instructing. My father in the Lord instructed me, go to Winnipeg. Have a three days program. It's the reason why I believe the Lord has put us in his, in his heart. In his God's, in, the Lord had us in his heart for a time like this. I don't travel. Before I can leave my wife and my children, it's hard though. So I'm not, I have my own guys too. My own community that I drink from. We talk about God. We don't talk about many things outside God because nothing is sweet to us. There's nothing, no, nothing, this world is, is wretched. What, what should we be talking about? There's nothing in this world that can give life. When Jesus was teaching about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, all the multitude went away. He then looked at his disciples, why are you here? Why won't you go with them? He said, to whom shall we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. That's how you should be. Find a way. Have courage. Okay? If something convicted your heart about what I'm saying, and you are seeing a different life you can live, have courage to make changes to your life. Change your time. If there are some people you need to get closer to, tell them about it. I need to get closer to you. Why? So we can fellowship more around these things. Keep me accountable. Let's find a way. Let's not let this thing drop. Are you seeing this city called Winnipeg? By your small number, you wonder, you'll be shocked what God can do. If you can keep this kind of fellowship, maintain this kind of conversation where you prioritize God above all else. I've seen it happen before. Lives will begin to change. God will take over. Spirit will be judged here. You just see the consciousness of God will just begin to descend over the city. You will know how. People will begin to get hungry for God. Before you know it, your company will increase. People who were not serious before will get serious. They say, we want God. The way, the way, you, are, the way you are serving God will like that kind of thing. 
You know, you know, men, one evangelist said, burn me on a stake. Let the world see me ablaze for Jesus. But that was, was in one sense. But in this sense, you can be the same way as well. Your soul can be on fire. That men will say, we like this kind of thing. In this land of Canada, you can be like this. They will make their own vow. If you can be like that, how much more me? I've seen many people like that, young people like your age, making such decisions. Say, Lord, if these ones can be serving God like this, who am I? Who am I? Do I have half head? Am I deformed in my soul? Why can't I serve God too? Can God depend on you? And this is all by grace. That's why I said you have to depend on each other's strength. Draw from each other. Pastor Bukumi is here. You have him here right now. We fellowship together. By God's grace, there's nothing inside me that's not inside him. But the way he is, he hides. He hides. He's a mystery. You know what I mean? So when you see him, what you see is not what you are seeing. The man that God raised is inside that place. But he has a crook. You have to discern him because of his playful nature and all of that thing. What God has done inside that man, what God, he's a, that is a man of God standing there. And he's not man of God by mouth. He's, he has the marks to show for it. He has, made, he has made decisions for God. He has been called names. He has been, he has been disowned because of God. He has stood the test of time in this city. He has the marks for it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Price has been paid. If the Lord lays it in your heart, don't be far from him. Come around him. Let the Lord can, by, God, by the grace of God in his life, he can kindle a fire of fellowship that you guys will begin to drink from each other. And begin, that next time I see you, I'm going to see a different set of people. Up Maybe, Maybe the next time we just come and see that and you guys will just be gisting me about the word of God. And you bless my own soul. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Oh, we thank you. Oh, Oh, we bless you, 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 we bless you. Sheremai gama hama 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 the wind of your spirit will grow, will increase, riding on the, on the wings of your spirit. Grow, will increase. 
we give you all the glory. But until I see these ones again, when I see them again, they will appear in greater glory, in another glory. God, because of the dealings which they, they will have with you. Thank you, Alpha. And we pray, Lord, for this city called Winnipeg, 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 Manitoba, this land. I ask, oh God, Lord, let your own jurisdiction we pray and we speak concerning the prevailing winds and the prevailing spirits in this place. Those, even the prince of the power of the air that has defined the priorities of men. Lord, I pray, oh God, let their judgment begin from today. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That as your children walk in obedience, oh God, that the climate will begin to change. Amen. The heavens will begin to open. Amen. You will not be far away. Lord, this land, this city will be rich with you. Lord, we join our faith together. I join my own faith with everyone in this room, everyone under the sound of my voice who, who has the same desire. That Lord, I pray for, we pray for all the churches in this city, all the local churches, all the pastors, all the brethren, all the Christians. Lord, we're asking for impart grace and impart strength. But I pray, oh God, breakthroughs even into the world realm of the spirit. Amen. Father, I pray that no church in this land will be void of your resources, Amen. the resources of the spirit. I ask, oh God, that this will be a city of revelation knowledge. Amen. That you will usher in, Father, a new season in this Amen. place. That as many who desire God will find him. Amen. I pray, Lord, a new wave, a new fire of great revival. Revival in the hearts of men and women and children alike in this place. In the name of Jesus, I pray. It will even move, travel far into the political sphere, into the governmental realm. That in the name of Jesus, things will never remain the same. Yeah. Thank you, Father. We give all the glory to your name. We bless you. Thank you, God. We take all the glory. We bless your name. Jesus' name we pray. You will between the cherubim shine forth. You will between the cherubim.